like dogs acting like sheep like did they actually train the dogs That's to act I'm like saying. sheep yeah like, or were they just like constantly capturing totally like oh that kind of looks like what a sheep does <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast Tech News number three. It's really about the gaming news and we are here. Gamescom is in full effect, so we got lots of gaming news to catch up on. We're talking about Halo Infinite. We're talking about Forza Horizon 5. We're talking about custom limited edition hardware. We're talking about an interview with co-presidents of Naughty Dog, Neil Druckmann and Evan Wells. There's some interesting insights. There's sheep, there's mocap. You name it, we got it right here. Stick around, you ain't gonna wanna miss this. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Whammo. Thank you, Mammo. Whammo. How's it going? All of it. It's going. How's it how's it going for you, man? It is going. <laughs> Thank it's in you the for process asking. Of moving. Apparently it's not going because every time we stream, I'm reminded that I have yet to hang a singular picture in my apartment by the nice collection of all my artwork. It's called modern me. art, and <laughs> this is an expression. It's a it's a representation of my current state of mind, which is yeah. neatly organized in one corner of the room, not doing anything. <laughs> the upside down tomato soup Campbell's can is a metaphor for life that's a that's a warhol original too i mean that's not a print exactly i emailed him and was like give me a can bro he's like i got you <laughs> well all right well welcome back viewers listeners to the mo video games podcast tech news numero trace and today is oh right in the special sauce right there um, we're not going to talk about what just happened um but today is august 29th 2021 and we have yet another tech news juicy juice full of games con news today so we're going to do a little rundown give everyone a roadmap of where we're going today and by everyone that includes my boy Oliver over here. <laughs> skirt, skirt. And here we go. We're talking about the PlayStation 5. There's a new PlayStation 5 that's been released. We're going to talk about a Naughty Dog interview with uh, co-presidents Evan Wells and Neil Druckmann. They had an interview with Game Informer. Lots of interesting stuff. The Druck stuff. Daddy. The Druck Daddy. We're going to be talking about xCloud. We're going to be talking about Forza Horizon 5. We're going to be talking about Horizon Forbidden West and Halo Infinite. It's a big, big day, big week. Gamescon, lots of announcements, lots of juicy details coming out. That's what we got going for y'all today. But here at the Mo Video Games Podcast, we like coffee. And I wanted to talk with Oliver about something coffee related real quick. <laughs> Hit me with it, bro. So, if you weren't aware, Starbucks has changed the season to fall because they have <laughs> that power. They go on everyone's digital calendars. Just marks fall. Begins now. Exactly. I mean, honestly, I think they have that kind of power. But uh, pumpkin spice latte is back. Um, pumpkin cream cold brew is back, which is 
low-key way better. Um, but they also added some apple crisp beverages. And I just got to say, I'm here for it, man. Like, I'm salty. Like, initially I was salty that the fall beverages are already coming out. We're, like, still almost a month from fall even technically beginning. It's still hot as balls outside. I'm not ready to hunker so down hot. with a nice warm PSL. Um, oh. But I do have to say, drinking, I so I got a pumpkin cream cold brew, and I drank it. And it just, it did evoke the memories of fall, and it made me a happier person. So, it- did you see an orange once you took a sit? <laughs> see an orange? <laughs> yeah, the world turns into a pumpkin. Yes. Yeah. Aren't pumpkins I, orange? Am I crazy? <laughs> I, I thought you were saying a literal orange, like the fruit. I was oh. like, I didn't know that was fall. But uh, hey, citrus can be fall too. But yes, I, everything turned orange. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Uh, life got Sobbing. Better. Of the happiness, uh, of happiness. Of happiness. I do have to say the the... The apple crisp beverage, it it has, it's like some kind of brown sugar syrup and then also an apple syrup type thing in it. I don't know exactly what they do. High, high calories, but also high in flavor. Um, worth a shot. And on that same note, Oreo released an apple cider donut flavor. Um, and I don't know how Oreo does it, but literally it, the aftertaste of it, it tastes like I had an actual donut in my mouth. Like, I, I don't know how they do it. Go out, try it out. It's impressive. Yeah. It, for those of you listening, watching, don't know, I am an Oreo stan, fanboy, big boy up in here. Every time they release a flavor, I try it, regardless of what that flavor is. Um, and uh, we, we actually, on the podcast, tried custom Oreos with the Maxwell Lewis Gaming logo on it. That's um, true. And they were tasty. They were tasty. They tasted like Oreos. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty hard to, to fuck up an Oreo. But have, have there been any Oreos that you've been like, oh, my God, that was an unenjoyable experience? They, the, the one that comes to mind immediately was the watermelon one. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. Anytime they're throwing a fruity flavor in there, it's just, you, you got to question it a little bit. The lemon, the lemon was all right. I, I think I had some of the lemon. I was out with the lemon. Yeah. So as fruit goes, lemon, lemon is passable, uh, but the, the watermelon ain't here for it. Um, that, that was probably the weirdest one, but most of them are kind of fall on the spectrum of like a, a typical standard deviation, like normal distribution around the, the perfect double stuff, regular Oreo. Um, some of them a little bit better, some of them a little bit worse. Um, ha- haven't really had any mind blowers uh, aside from just, I don't know how they get the flavor to taste exactly like the thing they're trying to emulate. Um, yeah, but like, I don't know. Carrot cake is pretty, pretty fire. The red velvet's pretty fire. Um, and they're Java chip. Um, you get that little bit of, of coffee in the background to cut through that sweetness. Ooh. Ooh. There you go. So thank you all. Mot- watermelon sucks, by the way. Not just Oreo. It's, it's the most overrated fruit. <laughs> putting it out there. Hard hitting takes here at the Faux Video Games podcast. Don't Not eat a watermelon. watermelon stay in here. Oreo or not. That's probably a fair point. <laughs> to be fair, I like watermelon, so I'm not biased against the watermelon flavor in Oreos. It's just bad in the Oreo. Yeah, I'm biased against watermelon. Yeah, that's okay. I, 
And everyone keeps, I, I keep seeing, I think I told you about it. I keep seeing pictures on like Instagram of people that people are still taking pictures like watermelons up to their head being like, oh my God, this watermelon's so big. It's a fucking watermelon. Of course it's big. It's, it's how it's the, like, that's how the fruit is. Why are you surprised still? It's 2021. What? Watermelons have not changed. What, they are what? still large. What have watermelons done to you, Oliver? How have they hurt you? I just think I just they're so overrated. And I just hear about how good watermelons are. And then people are upset that I'm not in the watermelons. And it it's kind of a little bit of a Game of Thrones effect. I won't lie. Makes me because because of the community. I like watermelons less. But I also think that watermelons are just. I've had a couple banger watermelons. I will give it that. Like I've had some that are really sweet, but most of the time. I don't need to eat my water. I just drink it like a normal person. Ooh, spicy taste. I like how you got the Game of Thrones jab in there at the same time. Always got to throw it. <laughs> Not too shabby. But yes, Oreos, huge fan. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Don't get the watermelon ones if you ever see them again. But most of them are pretty good. Pretty interesting. Worth a shot if you want to check them out. But yeah, just want to get that out of the way uh i'm i'm here for for limited editions i am the the target consumer for most companies trying to do that shit so <laughs> it works every time shameless nut punch right there yeah uh, unlike the literal nut punch i had earlier in the podcast but um was, was that mocha or you no that was me like right when we started i accidentally punched myself and it kind of hurt so there, well, there's your tmi I, for the day yeah i got i got i got the, the hurt part for sure but anyway tech news baby that's tech news right there <laughs> so let's let's start with uh, again league of legends news because i know there's some spicy spicy stuff going on right now all right i'll keep it i'll keep it brief fanatic rightfully so beat g2 went to game five i mean it was a good series but fanatic looked better the whole time so right now they're going against mad lions so i am not watching lec finals because I love you guys that much. Mostly just Maxwell, but also our Canadians. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then last night, it was um, the not-so-lovingly nicknamed 100 Wheelchairs, a.k.a. 100 Thieves, nicknamed by Doublelift himself, uh, versus Ouch. Cloud9. And yeah, Cloud9 looked really bad and 100 Thieves won. So it'll be a TL versus 100 Thieves for the LCS or North American, if you will, finals tonight and European finals. Game three at the second of this recording, um, tied 1 1. We'll see where it goes. But I am guessing this LEC finals to go to five games and it's going to be it's going to be a banger. So is this who is this to determine who goes to Worlds? Both these teams will go to Worlds. It will determine okay. their seeding, but um, it, okay. they 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 both they both guaranteed got a slot at least. So this is just this is for local glory and and world seeding, which makes it more exciting because when there's a little bit less at stake, you can take more risks. Oh yeah, I had no idea what's going on in these games, and it's great. <laughs> All right, well, if you're listening to the recording right now on Sunday, August 29th, make sure you listen to the full podcast and then go check out the LEC games. <laughs> um, that's pretty hype, though. So we, yeah. will, we will try and keep this as short and sweet as ever because you know that's what we strive for at the Mo Video Games <laughs> Podcast. We never exceed an hour, ever. Uh -uh. Never mm -hmm. happened. 
doesn't happen. But with that in mind, we'll just hop right into it. So, as I alluded to, new PS5 console out in the wild already. It is lighter and has new components. And by that, I mean it is 300 grams lighter and it has a new screw to uh, put in the base. And that is the only difference. You can now screw in the screw by hand instead of needing a flathead screwdriver. And aside from that, it is identical. They don't know why it's 300 grams lighter, but it is lighter. And otherwise, it is identical. So I maybe Wait, just. Is some... it actually identical? Yeah, yeah. It's exact, exact same specs, same. It's just a, it's a new model number because they made a couple changes to it, but it's 300 grams lighter but it's still the exact same form factor, same performance, all that kind of stuff. So we're not really sure why it's lighter. Um, probably in the screw right there, you know? They, they took 300 grams out of the screw, baby. I, I'm i seeing so many things that I got so excited for because all of these theoretical form factors look so much better. So I am. I'm disappointed. It, it'll be a while before a new form fact is released of either Xbox consoles or the PS5 console. So Boo. don't get too excited. But I thought I would tease it a little bit and be like, ah, new console, baby. I mean, it is. It's a new model number, but you got me excited and now I'm not excited. Yeah, you should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just want to make that. I know. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so sticking on the PlayStation side, so Naughty Dog co-presidents Evan Wells and Neil Druckmann did an interview with Game Informer. There was a lot of interesting stuff discussed. Um, first one being... Last they of were, Us is canceled. <laughs> yep, Uncharted actually, is canceled. <laughs> they're uh, sending out an update to all PlayStation consoles that just erases the games from your console. <laughs> Removed from the top 50 bracket because the game is no longer available. Yeah, and then they're doing a, a men in black wipe of our memory, so we never remember it. Um, JK, it's actually so some of it. So they they were asked um, about doing new IPs versus going back into universes like the Uncharted universe and the Last of Us universe, and what they would prefer to do. And I mean, they it was kind of a a like politician answer not taking a huge stance but they did say they wanted to do both and that they every time they're looking at the next game they're going to work on they have a huge catalog of ideas from all of the developers and employees at naughty dog of concept art and all of these things and they tend to just go with the idea and the story that excites them the most um so right now they are working on a standalone multiplayer for the last of us in the last of us universe um that I, is similar to i think it was last of us factions that came out during the first last of us it was a multiplayer that kind of came with the first last of us games but my understanding is this will be a standalone multiplayer game in the last of us universe so i'm very interested to see what that's about i did not play factions back in the original one did anyone I, there are a lot of people that are very hyped for it I it's hard it's hard to imagine what that would be but I'm willing to give it a shot I it, mm, yeah mm. yeah I'm hesitant 
that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about where I'm at. The Naughty Dog, single player, story driven games. They said in the interview that is 100% their DNA. Why people come to Naughty Dog is to do single player, story driven games. So yep. the the multiplayer thing is just kind of like oof. a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I uh, just like the That's No Moon Development Studio. I'll be cautiously optimistic. You know, I I want new IP. And so new game type in an old IP, kind of, it's new, it's different. Um, I feel like it never works out. I feel like when games try to do this type of stuff, it it just, it always feels real bad. I, when you got something that works, you can't, you're not guaranteed to just be able to paint it a different color and then be like, oh yeah, this is, this is it, baby. So that's that's fair and i i didn't play factions like i said uh from the first last of us game and a lot of people had a great time so maybe they are on to something and it is going to be great and there's going to be a huge fan base that likes it but yeah i think i'm with you they're apparently releasing like a league of legends show or working on it and it's going to be like this made-up team that's trying to get to worlds and has been struggling so any NA team that you want to name, I guess, is what it's based off of. Wait, so uh, it's it's fictional, and it's not about it, the lore of League of Legends. It's literally about a team. It sounds so fucking dumb. I mean, I haven't. I I I've just heard of it from friends, but there is zero percent <laughs> chance I'm watching this. Like this sounds <laughs> atrocious. I I would need people coming out of the woodwork telling me it's a god tier masterpiece for me to consider watching it. Like this, it, it sounds. God, I just stop. Stop doing these things. Work on your fucking game, too. Jeez. <laughs> the amount of bugs in, in the league as is. Like, just stop stop doing all this. Fix, fix what you have. Stick with what's good. League makes you a lot of money. I, Keep with it. I just can't believe they're doing a fictional story. They have literal so, teams yes. that they could do exciting documentaries about. And they're with like, people, oh. Like team, like members that people are already attached to, you know. Yeah. Like there's so many people that like are like have huge followings just because of their like esports career, right? Just use that. That's in that what I would consider watching, you know, if it For was sure. informational, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, biographical. That's a good. That's that's a good <laughs> word right there, baby. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it sounds it sounds one hundo garbo. Sick. <laughs> I'm reporting. I'm reporting. Um, yeah. So okay. So don't watch that. Um. <laughs> Official reviews already out for the Mobile Video Games <laughs> yeah. podcast. It probably isn't even going to get released, but we've already reviewed it. Yeah. Um, it won't be released because the uh, Riot Games listens to this podcast and and heard our feedback. Reviews are so it. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so so going back to the interview, I, they Evan and Neil didn't confirm this but it's also rumored that naughty dog is working on a remake of the first last of us um and i don't know how to feel about it um it doesn't feel old enough yet for that to happen but at the same but at the same time like it definitely would benefit from modern mechanics gameplay and graphics so i also agree yeah, I th- I think I'm in the. It's not old enough yet, though. I I just think that this is. I would rather than be working on a Last of Us Part Three or Uncharted. 
what number are we on? I guess this one would be five. <laughs> yeah, if you don't count the Lost Legacy expansion as its own. Well, yeah, I'm just saying in their in their naming convention. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I'm with you though. This it seems too soon, and honestly, like I know we've talked to some people who've had a lot of gripes about going through last of us and the gameplay, but when I played it, I didn't remember having that many issues. I think I maybe I'm just a pushover though, when it comes to some of these, like if I'm playing a story driven game, I, I think I just don't really give a shit if the McGann's are a little crunchy here and there. Like that's fair. Yeah. I'm not signing it. It's, it's what we talked about with uncharted four, right? Like it's like, or just the uncharted series in general. I'm the, the fighting is a conduit to get me <laughs> through, uh, Nathan Drake storyline like that's that's what I'm there for that's a fair point so and and I I don't think it was as crunchy as a lot of people make it out to be as well it's also it's like it's a survival like action um adventure game so you don't have a lot of ammo and weapons and all that kind of stuff so it's not like you're constantly gunfighting and doing all these things I think uh, the last of us part two obviously took stealth to the next level um took some of the weapon crafting and all that kind of stuff to the next level but yeah i'm with you it wasn't super crunchy it it would be it there's obviously a lot they could improve on it by doing a remake but it just doesn't seem like the amount of effort that they would invest in it is worth it given how much of a leap it would be which wouldn't be a huge leap um yeah but it's also only rumored as far as i know so they may not be working on it at all um but just kind of wanted, yeah, to discuss that. I, yeah, I think we're kind of in the same boat. It's like, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, great, but yeah, please do you know something what else. Makes the Last of Us the 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 last scene is like you know ingrained <laughs> in my head. Like stuff like that is what I remember from playing the game. Like intense story driven moments, aka not factions. <laughs> 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 Taking it all the way back, baby. Um. Oh yeah, man! What an intense game. Yeah, that's a that's a camping trip right there. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. Um. So it continuing to speak on now the Last of Us Part Two. So they were asked some questions about like the development cycle, um, and found out they actually worked with Sucker Punch, the developers of Infamous Second Son and Ghost of Tsushima, um when they were creating the last of us part two and that's a twofold reason they knew that last of us part two was going to take place largely in seattle and infamous second son took place in an open world seattle so they reached out to ghost of tsushima and said hey we're not going to use your assets but can you send them over so we can get like a rough mapping of what seattle looks like and start creating our own seattle based on that and they obliged so ghost of tsushima helped last of us part two create the seattle we know and love from the last that's cool too yeah respect respect for that super cool and and that's the the cool thing especially like you hear it a lot with the playstation studios um there always seems to be a lot of like inner workings like hideo kojima um got purchased or licensed uh gorilla games decima engine for death stranding um and stuff like that. So there's a lot of IP sharing. And I'm sure it goes on all over um, the industry. So it's probably not isolated to PlayStation. But you hear a lot about it in the PlayStation Studios. And, and whether or not that's a benefit of how PlayStation Studios kind of manages their different studios or not. Um, but super I cool, mean, for sure. Yeah, if you want good games at a faster rate, which is 
as I've complained about the gaming community bitching about. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pay, pay $5 for a 70-hour story-driven massive open-world RPG game. Like, you need to do stuff like that if you're gonna, if you're gonna be making games at this quality at this clip. I mean, I know other technologies are gonna advance as well. Like, I assume, you know, as studios code longer, right, they get better coding practices, probably have better, like, libraries to use that they're making in-house and stuff, yada, yada, yada. Like, I'm sure the development process is going to get more efficient as time goes on, but inner workings like that, it's just like, why waste each other's time? And the more hype you generate around your console, especially for, like, PlayStation, you know, then more yeah. people are going to be... More people are going to be getting the PlayStation means larger potential audience for you to capture when you're getting games. Like, I think it I think it is beneficial in a lot of fronts, you know, not like a direct, direct money. It's second secondary money. <laughs> it's probably a term for this in marketing. You should know this, Maxwell. I should. You're well, master. I'm, I'm in a marketing class right now, so I haven't finished it. So, OK, I'll give you the best. Yeah. <laughs> um but continuing with sucker punch so in last of us part two naughty dog knew that they were going to be adding horseback riding um and so they needed to mocap a horse and sucker punch was like hey we also need to mocap a horse for ghost of tsushima um and so they combined forces and used the same mocap of the horse um for both of the games so they didn't have to do it twice that's cool um, yeah and also mocapping a horse like damn that's uh i just mocap sounds so funny i'm sure they all call it mocap yeah motion capture just say motion capture but there's so many syllables <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that the only mo in my life is mo video games oh <laughs> baby you goddamn right um so that but but yeah that that was pretty cool and then finishing up with motion capture um so mo baby. They, they also they mocapped a bunch of dogs in the last of us part two and then there's a scene that has sheep in the game and they revealed that that's actually dogs acting like sheep <laughs> for the motion capture so we put a sheep suit on a dog and mocapped it <laughs> i i just thought that was funny like i don't i like dogs acting like sheep like did they actually train the dogs that's to act I'm like saying. sheep yeah like or were they just like constantly capturing until they're like oh that kind of looks like what a sheep does <laughs> i think it's just poorly worded i think they just use the dog mocap for the sheep i don't think there's any the dog there is no such thing as a dog acting like a sheep that that's not a that's not a thing what do, what do you <laughs> come on boy come on bah <laughs> good boy yeah, give him some grass to eat they're like yeah you're a sheep now um, man stuff like that would be uh, it would be cool to work in the video gaming industry and have projects like that. Like, it's such a weird problem to want to solve. Uh, yeah, a lot of the things in yeah gaming and like how you're gonna. I do like me a little puzzle in game or IRL, and it sounds like they got it IRL. Hell yeah! And and on that note, they so they got into the topic of crunch in the industry as well. Um, and it and it is very interesting. Um. Because Naughty Dog has come under fire, as most game development studios have, um, for kind of creating an environment where crunch is kind of required. And their discussion of it basically was around the lines of Naughty Dog is kind of the premier development studio 
where people who come there are striving to make the best quality like industry standard defining games um technically visually all that kind of stuff and so most of the people who come there want to work more than 40 hours and want to solve these kind of problems and get very excited and love working on video games and creating these things um and that they've actually in the past tried to do a you cannot work more than 40 hours in a week thing and majority of the developers were really upset at that um who like wanted to come in, keep working on a problem, like keep working on a project and do stuff, but then they weren't allowed to do it. Um, and, or they've done like, oh, you can't work on Sundays. But then some people will be like, oh, oh, like I, I can't come in on Fridays because like I need to watch my kid or something like that. But coming in on Sundays will work better. And like doing some kind of one size fits all approach to preventing crunch is kind of um, a, a difficult problem to solve. And so they try to, it sounds like they're trying to take the approach of making it not as required as possible. Like they, they never say you have to do this, but obviously when every like 90% of the developers are working extra hours and all this kind of stuff, because they want to that 10% that doesn't want to do that can feel pressure. Um, even if it's not being directly pushed at them and for sure. Yeah. So that's a, <laughs> I've never I, seen this in the working world. Yeah. So that's I, I think everyone listening to this has can probably relate to that. Um the Sigma grind set. Yeah. It's Sigma grind set. Sorry. <laughs> Done with the memes. <laughs> it's it's real. Ooh, Doctor Who is back, by the way. Welcome up, back, Doctor, Doctor Who? Who. Um good to see you, as always. Happy Sunday. Um but uh yeah, the grind. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't have any good ideas on how to solve it. I I I would want the ability to work more hours, um, especially when it's on a project I'm passionate about. Um, like kind of working hard on something you're really excited about can yeah. be exciting. Like if you're happy doing it, you don't mind working the extra hours. But creating 100%. an environment that allows that to occur and also doesn't punish people who want to have more of a work-life balance and, and do that kind of thing is a very i i feel for the developers that have to make those decisions and try and do it and balance that scale because that's not an easy task i think that is probably a kind of unforeseen advantage of working remote is there's a lot less like i'm getting into the office after this guy gets in and leaving the office before this guy gets out you know like stuff like that when you see that, you're like, oh, man, I, you know, like maybe I should stay and do that one last thing I've been thinking about or something like that. Where when you're working remote, you probably don't have that same uh, like what do you you know, like you don't have that vision, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because, yeah, if you can physically see people in the office late and then you're like, oh, well, should I leave? Does it look like I'm not trying as hard? because so-and-so is still here. Um, we're in an online setting. If a company truly isn't going to punish people for only working the hours they were hired to do, in that case, they can allow people to work longer hours, allow people to get off when they are. They can monitor all that shit, but just let it be. Um, and there's a little bit less that peer pressure. I agree. I think that's yeah. a fair assessment. I mean, you can still see people on like Slack or Teams or whatever they're using. Um, but I also know that like, and like my experience, you know, I'm on my I'm on my, I'm on a computer all the time. So it probably looks like I'm online 
you know, to a lot of the people I was working with literally all the time just because I I sit at my computer a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but I do think that it's interesting. I feel like in a, in a game development studio, I feel like the benefit of being in person would actually be a little bit higher because I feel like in environments like that, that's where I want to be able to you know, uh, I'm mental blocked on how to deal with this mechanic and I want to just talk to someone and even if it's just me bitching about how difficult this is, I want to talk to someone to figure it out or something like that, right? Like that's that's yeah. something I think you want a lot of bounce and sometimes just throwing your fingers at the keyboard is a little annoying to get a whole bitch <laughs> session out on like something that's that's going on, so... Yeah, and there's there's got to be a lot of cross-functional um, efforts on game development where art direction is working with gameplay and, and working with the story and the narrative and, oh, hey, I think this new design would be really cool. Art, can you can you make a new weapon that looks like this so that I can try and implement it mechanically or like I think I can do this or the blah, blah, blah. Like there's there's so many parts of a game that have to fit together that it's, yeah, it's really hard to imagine and that's why so many of these games have been delayed with all the remote working in this COVID environment. Um, it is a new normal that they're trying to work out. So, which just goes back to there's no easy solution to fixing the crunch problem and the the working remote problem and and all these things. So, yeah, I don't. I just n- next time it feels a, a bad. Com- it, it does feel bad. Um, just yeah, keep those things in mind when you're thinking about development companies and and you're hearing stories and stuff too that it's a, it's a difficult problem to solve. But there is a right way to handle it and a bad way to handle it. If companies are actually if there's stories of people like getting persecuted or something right, to that degree, obviously that's pretty bad. So there is a delicate and a non-delicate way and I don't know, especially when you're hired if that expectation is upfront. That's much better than being like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, work 40 hours a week, work-life balance, all this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, why aren't you working 60 hours a week? Um, that's a much larger yeah, the, problem. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why places, well, I guess I kind of understand why. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree that the straightforward, it's, it's, it's the more appropriate and much more mature and responsible way to handle things. And you're going to get better employees in the long run. It's like, you know, people will be kind of, two-faced about it in the front you know and then they'll be like oh why does my company have so much turnover when i don't give my future employees realistic expectations on <laughs> the fuck they're gonna be doing like what I mean, come on like you, you need people to be at least like okay with their job right like that's yeah. that's enough for a lot of people to stay around because the, the the burden of changing is really high but if you're gonna make it you know set them up for misery then it's like the burden of changing doesn't seem so bad when your current state's pretty <laughs> shitty. Exactly. Companies take note. Just respect your employees. It's not that fucking difficult. Um, it is. Otherwise, it would be done. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it should be. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on to happier pastures. Um, but. The, the Naughty Dog interview was very interesting. It's with Game Informer. You can go check it out. It might be in the link down below um, on the YouTube description um, if I put it after we're done streaming here. Um, but yeah, Game Informer, go check it out. Um, so moving on. So GamesCon, lots of Xbox 
news and stuff. And I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights. But they announced that in, I think it's December, but or, or maybe just holiday 2021, um, xCloud, Xbox's cloud gaming service, will be available on Xbox One and Xbox Series consoles. And why that's a big deal is because Xbox's cloud gaming servers have been upgraded to Xbox Series hardware. So if you have an Xbox One, by using xCloud, you can now get Xbox Series level graphics and gameplay without purchasing the new hardware. Um, Hmm. So my biggest gripe with that is I still have yet to have a good cloud gaming experience. I've used xCloud on fiber, um, gigabit internet, um, low latency, Wi-Fi, hardwired connection, done it with Stadia. Um, I've tried betas with Amazon Luna and uh, like pretty much every cloud gaming thing and every single one of them still has latency that you can't get over or stuttering or weird things that happen regardless of how good your internet connection is. So the, the, <laughs> the like trailer for it where they were talking about it, they like were interviewing these people that were like trying it for the first time. They're like, wow, the latency is so good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> there is no way that they, I mean, we'll see. I hope I'm proven wrong, but cloud gaming is still, it's not, from my experience recently on full released, good internet, good hardware, I have not had a good cloud gaming experience yet. So. Yeah, and as as I've said before, with your proximity to at least like AWS servers and stuff, and you're kind of at the networking capital, it feels like, or very close to, I guess. So yeah. if you're not getting a good experience, it's it's not happening. If you're not getting it, I can tell you that. It's not like I'm going to fucking get it out in the boonies. It's my water tower internet. Now, it's better I- than that, but... <laughs> I, I do think there are some games and some use cases where it can make sense, um, where it's not a high anything that's fast paced racing game, competitive multiplayer, those kind of things are. I think that's where it's going to not be great, at least initially, um, but some slower paced games, puzzle games, um, games more built for the environment and stuff. I think that is kind of a cool it's a cool option. It's a cool addition. Um I'm not going to slam anything, especially when it's included as part of Game Pass. So if you're subscribing to Game Pass, which we've talked about, has some pros and cons, but on the most part is a pretty cool service. And now you're getting access to that. In addition, it's like, okay, great. Like if I'm if I'm not paying separate for it, it, whatever, It, it doesn't have to be great at that point. So I will support. And respect. And the more people you get it out to, the the better you can start working through bugs and the more incentive. Like when you have a larger user base, it's like, okay, now we can start actually fixing the problems, do more case studies, beta testing, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> marketing terms. I, I can't wait until the day that I get to say cloud gaming is a good experience. That is going to be very exciting. I can wait. I can wait very patiently. <laughs> well, that's true. I can wait because I have other options. Um, that's the thing. It's like gaming is fine in my eyes. I don't. I think cloud gaming will be big for some people, but I think that I see you no. Know, if, if cloud gaming was out, I don't see much incentive at this exact moment for me to switch over. 
that that's true but there there's a lot of people especially um younger people who may only be we've talked about this before may only be mobile gaming have a phone might not have access to a gaming pc or the consoles or the new consoles like i said like if you have an xbox one it's really hard to get your hands on the new hardware um, but with cloud gaming you now have access to the capabilities of the new hardware so there, there are plenty of use cases yeah for you and me obviously we're like we're deep in in tech realm and have access to all the games we would possibly want um, we're in the south we're in the south but there's definitely lots of use cases out there um i do think if uh depending on well no because there's so many people with stakeholders i feel like if cloud when cloud gaming works we'll say when why not we'll be optimistic <laughs> it, it has well, to eventually i i find it i just you know whether, whether or not i'm dead before then is a different thing but <laughs> hey <laughs> um i just think that in my eyes cloud gaming would kill the xbox entirely unless they start doing something like the only reason i would get the xbox right now i've said this before is if i didn't have a pc and wanted gaming right like because yeah. if i'm only doing gaming then i totally understand why you just like just get the xbox right uh but once cloud gaming's out it's like there's going to be so many people i'm sure the the cloud gaming like pricing i think is pretty competitive it's like why the fuck would i buy an xbox when i can just have the games at my fucking fingertips you know like yeah and it, that's i think what xbox is trying to do i think they are trying to kill the xbox console um and i i think they've been open about that too like our they, own revenue <laughs> but that's that's the thing is microsoft and sony don't make very much money on console sales um the only know, yeah, benefit yeah, yeah. of the hardware sales is that it locks you into an ecosystem um that's the only benefit where they can start selling you digital versions of games and making hella margins of profit um on those things so that's it so xbox microsoft doesn't care and especially now that it's like you can play it on pc and play it anywhere and then x cloud is like oh now all i need to do is pay 15 dollars a month for game pass i get access to all the xbox games day one i can play them literally anywhere on any device um and it's a guaranteed revenue stream now for Microsoft rather than, oh, I might spend $60 every four months maybe to buy a game. Like from a business perspective, Game Pass and X Cloud makes a lot of sense for Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, imagine picking up copy with your friend and you look over and pulls out his controller with his phone <laughs> up playing Forza Horizon 4. I mean, that would just be crazy if that ever happened. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, and I can say from experience, that's why I'm excited about cloud gaming is because when I did that, if you didn't know, that was me. <laughs> um, it was wild. I was like, I'm waiting for coffee. And I just pulled out my phone with a controller and I was playing Forza Horizon 4 in the car. And ignored like, your best friend. That's even true. though I was totally about it. I wanted to, I wanted to see how it looked. Um, like that, that but, was dope. That was dope. That was also fucking hysterical. <laughs> we're playing a driving game in a car that's 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 inception right there yeah well hey new teslas have that too they have uh like driving games built into the infotainment and it, you actually use the steering wheel and gas and brake in oh, the car yeah, to yeah, control yeah. it so it is the future man it is um that wouldn't that be crazy when when we start going like super tech in the cars 
and now we actually have xCloud like in your Tesla um, or whatever electric car you have with crazy infotainment. And now I'm playing Forza Horizon 7 with the steering wheel and stuff in the car while I'm waiting for my coffee. Oh, yeah. I mean, if when self-driving cars end up panning out, you know, or become ubiquitous, because I feel like that's that's an endeavor that people will work tirelessly for until it fucking comes out. Feel good about that that one. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, now what are we going to do during our commute? Like, I don't know. I guess read a book or play video games. That's probably what I would do, right? So it's like, <laughs> you're going to need to build it. Well, people will start building entertainment in the car. You don't literally have to, but I think it's an, an inevitability. You know, when self-driving cars are out, then it's going to be like, what car has kind of the, you know, bells and whistles that make my ride more entertaining? Yeah. And that's that's so already weird. Um, uh, I think it's Consumer Reports um, has reported that um, the user interface in cars is the number one purchasing decision um, for consumers today. Um, and that's largely because the NVH, the noise, vibration and harshness, I believe, of cars have, have all kind of come into this like equilibrium of most cars like from what they're designed to do, get you from point A to point B are pretty similar experiences. Um, but the user interfaces, um, how comfortable the seats are, those kind of things that you interact with are the most important. So absolutely. I mean, it's a future that's basically here. Um, yeah. So the, the UI in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that much. I mean, I don't really care. I certainly did not buy the car for the UI, so. I'm also glad I didn't switch to an automatic. I think about it every time I drive. Love driving my manual. And I love that most of my most of my family members cannot move my car and I have to move it. <laughs> so so that way no one's going to be asking me to take my car. Beautiful. It's it's and it's an anti-theft tool. It's it's exactly. all it's all It's great. Um <laughs> That, those are my reasons. It wasn't for the driving experience. Exactly. I didn't want other people driving my car, so I bought a manual. Uh, well, speaking of cars, so Forza Horizon 5 um, had a huge showcase uh, during like GamesCon opening night stuff and showed the first eight minutes of gameplay where it's like the, the huge opening kind of shows you different parts of the map, different cars as like a showcase of what to expect for the game. Looked pretty hypey. Um, yeah, what did you think, Maxwell? Because I wanna, I wanna know how hard the train is chugging along. I need to know what's what's velocity here. Where are we going? <laughs> so the hype train for Forza Horizon Five started off at full tilt, accelerator open all the way, um, and then because I love the Forza Horizon series, it was it was, pre-ordering was a foregone conclusion that was going to happen <laughs> of the ultimate edition, whatever the highest thing is. Um, <laughs> But the hype train, they added some nitrous and they slapped that nitrous button hard with this first opening eight minutes because, my goodness, they had a wide body C8 Corvette. Um, you can choose between that, the brand new 2021 Ford Bronco Badlands or the Toyota Supra as your starter car. And you think, oh, you have to choose between one of those. That's a hard decision. No, you choose one of those to literally start driving in, but all three cars are in your garage to start. You well, I know which one I'm picking at the beginning. Which one are you picking? Wait, guess which one I'm. You know which one I'm picking. Toyota Supra. 
Oh, of course. Of course, oh, yeah. I mean, that was easy. Oh, that was so easy. Oh that my god. Easy. I would love to drive a Supra. Oh, I mean, probably not own one just because they're so, they're a little they're a little flashy, but yeah. My god, do they look fun as fuck to drive? Hell yeah. So so that 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 got me hyped. The entire map looks crazy. Um, the graphics mind blowing. Um, and. They also announced they have a Ford F450 pickup truck. Super Disgusting. duty in the game. It is I that's why I love the Forza series um because they they put every car in the game, not literally every car, but it doesn't have to be a supercar, a fun fast car. They have like Forza Horizon 4 has over 700 cars in it, I believe. Um and so this is going to be, I'm sure, just as many, if not more. So they put all kinds of cars, classic cars, new cars, supercars, normal cars. Pugie um, boys. Pugie boys. Class you know of their it. own. <laughs> it's going to be in there. So I'm excited. I'm excited to drive a Ford F450. That's probably going to be my first vehicle purchase in the game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I am excited for the game. But it, when I was watching it, it did really make me think, as someone who's a much more casual driving game enjoyer, I really want to see what additional content that they put in because it feels sure. right now like it could very much just be like the the reskin and re- release, you know? Like, I mean, the map's bigger, but I thought graphics-wise... I did watch it on my phone. I don't have a 4K display to watch it at full res, but, like, I thought graphics-wise, I was like, I thought... Forza Horizon 4 looked fucking amazing. Like, I wasn't, you know, right. giga yeah. blown away with how much they improved to 5. Um, I'm happy they kept the driving mechanics the same, but a lot of the map layout felt kind of similar, too. I mean, there were some areas that were definitely unique, like the jungle looks really exciting, and that, I think that'll be fun to drive through. Um, but that that last scene, where they're driving down the coast, that feels the same as the, the eastern side of Forza Horizon 4. Like, that felt like the same highway, just... Throw throw some sand over the grass and then bam, your map's done, baby. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I I'm excited to see what they do add. I'm assuming they will add gameplay, but I yeah, they're gonna have to do a lot for as usual for me if I'm gonna knock this above or knock Forza Horizon Four out and put this above four. Like, yeah, I gotta see some some sauce. To, and, to do that 450 is not the sauce I need. <laughs> <laughs> to to bring back a, a mo video game staple, Far Cry Three, Far Cry Four. Um, Oliver, I I, th- I think I kind of fall into this too. I just happen to be a huge car stand, so like if it's a car game, I'll probably buy the new one regardless because I just want more new content of cars. Um, but the Far Cry Three, fantastic game. Far Cry Four, I think objectively better. Um, but it's a marginal improvement over Far Cry 3. So it, there's it, there's not enough really there to maybe justify them making that, making the purchase, unless you just wanted more content in the Far Cry world. But it's very similar to Far Cry 3. Objectively better in terms of gameplay, but I think that story, I think Voss or whatever, like that is one of the better villains in a video game that I think exists. <laughs> like his uh his actor was insane like but yeah i mean mccann's for sure like they they polished up the game like yeah i i definitely i'm not gonna i'm not gonna object to that oh oh, they they didn't improve the graphics (laughs) like 
But I think I also I think yeah, Voss Voss is a like a very memorable character. Surprisingly, I did I you know the longer I've gone out from that game, it's it's interesting to see what I recall. But yeah, that was definitely that. And then uh, the other memorable thing is you skin the first animal. And the main character is vomiting all over. Oh, God. And then the second one, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns into the Kool-Aid man for number two. It's like the most unrealistic transition from just being like, I'm a normal city boy to now I'm a cold-blooded killer, hunter, prowler on the claw. That's very true. See, and that's why it's a terrible game. Objectively. And, I mean, yeah, I there's plenty of things that Far Cry 4 did do well. I I am not objecting to that. But but similar thing with Forza Horizon 5. I don't think it's going to dramatically change a lot of things, which to some extent, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um yeah. the one thing they are adding is called Events Lab. Um, which essentially so they've the developers have said they're actually giving a lot of the developer scripting tools and map creation tools to the players which they said oh, they're cool. actually very nervous about because they don't know what players are going to be able to do with it um, at launch. <laughs> but essentially, like actual scripting where you can say, like, if this happens, then do this um, and yeah. create different rules for events and create these cool things, which they started adding at the end of Forza Horizon 4. So they seem to be kind of continuing down this like player creation um, side. There seems to be more emphasis on the stories and businesses in Forza Horizon 5, where they had a little bit of that in Forza Horizon 4, but trying to create a little bit more of a, maybe not inherently a narrative, but actual content that is rather than just win this race, um, like go do these other things and explore. So I think there will be some cool things, but I'm with you. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to enjoy it either way, but I 100% understand um, waiting and and seeing what yeah, is added I, I to mean, the game. I feel, I, feel, I, feel, I feel very confident. I'm going to pick up the game. I'm not like, Lord's Horizon 4 is too good. Like, Jesus Christ. No, not, not, they can take another, they can take another batch of my money. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's definitely... Whether or not it's gonna, you know, do enough to to knock it out, who knows? Maybe if I played Forza Horizon Three, would have said that that was better. But that one, I feel very good. It's not the case. <laughs> well, I I have a confession to make. You prefer Forza Horizon One over Two, Three, and Four, and no, Five. I I have a problem. Um, so Forza Horizon Five uh, unveiled a special edition controller. To coincide with the launch of Forza Horizon 5. Come on, man, dude. They didn't know. And oh, you know no. goddamn well oh. I pre-ordered that. Oh, my God. Maxwell, you do have a problem. I do. Let me Google Forza controller. I mean... Wait, what is what am I looking at right now? Oh, I'm not a fan of this one. I'm not vibing with it. I, I didn't think you would be. It is a very polarizing look. A lot of people dislike it, but there is something about it that hey, I like. love. Um, it, it feels like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't I didn't get much of the like you didn't really see much of the festival in the five trailer, which is why I think this just reminds me of four, because this lines up with the festival, I think, the most in terms of why it is the way that it is um 
Because the color, like, if you haven't played the game, you'd probably be like, why does a racing car game have, like, splattered paint <laughs> on the controller? Um, so, yeah. I do like the see-through, and the Forza logo is great. But, yeah, not my thing. Uh, that's cool. I, I didn't expect it to be. I, I firmly <laughs> expected you to dislike the controller. Um, but some of the other touches I like about it is so it's it's... If you don't look this up, it is a yellow see-through controller with uh, bright pink and blue like splattered on it and and colored throughout. Um, but in the bottom left corner of the controller on the see-through where the rumble is, the rumble motor is actually colored pink inside the controller to add an additional splash of color on the inside of the controller, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and then I'll they, give them that one. They, they <laughs> thank you. Um, they they also have rubberized grips along the entire back of the controller with a special perforation pattern similar to what you would find on a steering wheel. Um, unlike, That's pretty dope. Yeah, unlike the the rubber that is normally on the back of some of the the Xbox controllers. So, um, just some cool little touches like that. I am, if you can't tell from behind me, I got a bunch of controllers. That's not even my full collection, but I love controllers. I don't know why. I don't know what like started this. Probably PS2, like that generation back when like all of the third party controllers were such a huge thing. Um, I've got like a bucket of controllers. I'll have to do a video on sometime. Um, it's probably yep. what started it, but maybe I'll just hit you up next time my next controller dies. So I'm predicting that to be a long way down the road i this certainly new, hope so <laughs> yeah if this guy tanks out i'm not surprised that the other one did once they started running but uh yeah yeah so yeah but that it, it does technically come with some like additional bonus content that's literally not worth it at all um, that is not why i bought it but you get a new emote you get some outfit i think and a and a special car in the game but i think you can get the car anyway it probably just has some very minor performance tweaks to it so definitely not why i got it i got it because i think it looks cool and i love forza horizon so there you go but i have a problem i will buy that shit left right and center all day baby um speaking of special edition let's just move right into halo infinite halo infinite got an official release date again <laughs> of december 8th 2021 and with it, they unveiled the special edition Halo Infinite console, which looks fucking dope. Am I going to like it, Maxwell? I think you will. I feel pretty good about this one. They have not fucked up a Halo console in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks pretty dope. Yeah. It's... I'll also go and check this out. It is already being scalped. You are not going to be able to probably get one for a reasonable price. Um, so that's kind of sad and disappointing, as is the case with all of the new consoles. Um, but it does look pretty cool. They also released a new Xbox Elite 2 controller, Halo-themed, that I am less enthused about the design of. Um, I got nothing. It's also a $200 controller, so... Jesus. Um, I could buy like three cool controllers for the price of one <laughs> for doing that. So, um, yeah, but they, they did that. I'm seeing like multiple Halo consoles. I can't tell which one. I'm pretty sure the, the black one, right? With all the lines on it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep, Forget yep. about that. <laughs> um, 
And so, but at Gamescon, they, they showed more multiplayer content and shows, but there was not anything about the campaign. And they, they are saying that's because the amount of effort to create a demo um, is pretty high, which we all know and understand. And the game is in shutdown mode right now, which is essentially the game is complete and they are just focusing on priority bugs up until the release in December. So they're like, we're not letting anyone... Like, we're not wasting time putting together a demo, a trailer, all that kind of stuff. We're just focusing on it, which could be good, but a lot of people are concerned right now about the game releasing in December, and a lot of people are calling for more delays because we have seen with Cyberpunk, it is better to delay a game until it is actually ready to launch than try and push it out. The first cause of concern is they're releasing it in December which means it is missing Black Friday. It is missing, like if a game was actually ready to release in November, the game would be released in November, which means that they are pushing it out to the last possible moment they can False. in 2021. Statistically, December 8th is the most revenue <laughs> giving day of the year to release on. They did the, they did the math. They did the math, yeah. They did the math. Um, so that's concern number one. Concern number two is it is launching without huge features. First one being campaign co-op, a staple of the Halo franchise for who knows how long, and it will not be available until three to six months after the launch of the game. It's a deportable offense. Honestly, like that's that's pretty bad. Um, and uh, there was some other feature as well um, that I, I don't remember what, what it's not launching with, but there's some other really big important feature that it won't be launching with and so there's like it's it's missing features they're not showing any content like claiming it's to like hunker down and fix all these bugs and all that kind of stuff but um with the delight like the state the game was in last year at this time which is what caused all the controversy and caused them to delay it a year doesn't seem like enough time to get it to a playable point especially with changes in the director of the game uh, amidst that time and covid and everything and it's there's a lot of concern going around it might be okay it might be fine but there are some warning signs that are showing for this game so just go into it cautiously optimistic the theme of today's podcast um i would suggest not pre-ordering the game especially because the multiplayer will be free to play so if you want to play, if you love Halo for the multiplayer, you don't have to pre-order anything. Play the multiplayer, wait until more reviews are out about the campaign, and if it's great, boom, you get it. Or if you already have games pa Game Pass, pff, you're good anyway. You don't gotta worry about pre-ordering. But I got nothing. Other than I would suggest not pre-ordering like any game ever, unless it's something like Forza Horizon 5 that exactly. just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're certainly not going to fucking throw it into the dirt and mess it up, right? Like, uh, that, 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 it's got to be a good game. Like, there's, there's very low odds. Um, but yeah. Oh, like Forza Horizon? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Halo Infinite, I don't know. No, that's why, that's yeah. why I'm like, yeah, even, even games like, uh, Forbidden West, I, I, I wouldn't pre order it, even though I'm super hyped to play it. Yeah, fair fair point. I, that is another game I will pre-order. Um, but do as I say, not as I do. I am dumb. I just ordered... I, I just bought Oliver and I custom controllers for Mo Video Games, and I just bought another controller. 
I'm stupid. I have 12 controllers like fucking behind me. Like, don't do what I do. Um, the good news is when you have guests over, we're never at a lack of charge controllers for party games. So <laughs> it's very true. Um, yeah, I already have four PS5 controllers. Like, that's, that's Jesus a Christ. Um, so just keep that in mind. Don't do what I do. Anyway, um, and then the other thing. So Halo Infinite multiplayer the battle passes so battle passes i didn't actually know what a battle pass was because i don't play those types of games but essentially it's um typically there's a free one given to players on multiplayer games and it's essentially as you progress and get xp you unlock certain things whether it's emotes character customizations all that kind of stuff but then often there's also a like premium tier battle pass um that gets you more cooler gear um that kind of stuff but they're typically kind of seasonal so there'll be like a season battle pass and then once you're done with that it goes away and now there's new battle passes out and once that battle pass is gone it's gone for good halo infinite's doing something cool and saying all battle passes they will not expire or go away so once you purchase it you can essentially continue to load that battle pass and get more progression in it if you want to try and unlock the the higher reward tiers in there so it's not Mm. like oh i'm gonna pay five ten bucks however much for this battle pass but like man i have to unlock these rewards in this couple months that the battle pass is active if i want them it's like no If, if you think there's stuff in there that's cool you can get it and you can take as long as you want to unlock those um things so that's nice yeah, good on you, Xbox. They've definitely been going down the consumer-friendly, for the most part, um, path. But the problem is, a lot of people are upset with, is that there is no per-match experience for the Battle Pass. Um, so most Battle Passes online multiplayers, you get experience um, for every match you play. So if you want to just keep grinding to get experience, you can. Halo Infinite Multiplayer battle passes are only going to have challenges that you complete for experience there's a couple potential issues with that one being multiplayer a lot of them are team-based so if you are only incentivizing experience by completing specific challenges you're now incentivizing players not to do the objective of that particular match but to complete the challenges that they need to complete which is going to make team-based activities theoretically more difficult to do um and they did say that it is almost impossible to run out of challenges but almost impossible is not impossible which means that people who really want to grind will eventually run out of challenges and then now any additional playtime is not going to be rewarded so yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts or experience with battle pass or battle passes on that but they have something kind of similar for league where you just you unlock stuff faster you pay they 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 always have a cycling rotation of events right like normal battle passes and then they'll show you like your little like stash of extra tokens you can get and you can purchase it to get more skins but yeah right it's a free to play game i don't need to spend money on it exactly so <laughs> That's a, and when they do battle passes that are purely cosmetic and not gameplay, that's like kind of the best of both worlds. Like it allows them to make the huge revenue stream of microtransactions without punishing players for not spending money. Um, yeah. So that 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 should be good. But the the challenges thing, 
it will be interesting. There will be challenges that for completing matches and winning matches. So the the per match XP will still kind of in some way be built into the challenges to some extent. And we don't know exactly how it's implemented. Um, you you would have to hope the developer is thinking about that. Um, but there's a lot of feedback right now, negative feedback about this. So we'll see. Just again, I... I I don't really have skin in the game because I'm not a person who's going to like super grind one particular multiplayer game in particular. Um, but for those people who do, yeah. So well, we we will see potential concern there. P- people were kind of upset about that, but I do think the fact that you can just purchase a battle pass, keep it forever, that that's a win for for consumers. It's not like driving you to have to go back in and do it. And that's I think also what they're trying to do with the challenges only like trying to disincentivize like the fear of missing out is what they were calling it um of like needing to go in and do these things right now um which is i think consumer friendly but there's there's some potential concerns in there so we'll see that the campaign the multiplayer be warned take caution but that's the benefit of game pass well one of the benefits is you don't have to just throw down your 60 bucks or like wait i mean obviously the the multiplayer would be free but you don't have to throw down money to see if the game is going to be good you can just try it out so yeah game pass is actually op yeah the the more we talk about it the more i'm like you know what game pass is insane (laughs) it it has some issues but those issues are so minor in comparison to the huge benefits you get that as long as you still have the option to purchase games that's pretty much my only gripe um if you if you have the option to still purchase the games game pass is like essentially no fault in my eyes so um pretty op and uh that's all i had in halo infinite last thing on here horizon forbidden west also got a release date february 18th 2022 under six months away now fingers crossed baby well now i just gotta get ps5 yeah you got six months one million dollars, please. Yes. Um, I mean, with how many they're they're pumping out in six months from now, availability should theoretically be better. Um, it, it'll probably still be difficult, but I think if you actually try, I think you can get your hands on a PS5 for MSRP. So, um, yeah, I'll probably wait until once Ragnarok is out. Then I will probably be looking at getting one. That makes so sense. if Ragnarok yeah. comes out end of let's say 2022, do they have a do they have a release date for it? They don't, but that would be my guess. My my best guess is going to be holiday 2022 for God of War. Okay, so that means spring of 2023 for the PS5 Slim, approximately according honestly, to honestly probably yeah track record of <laughs> purchasing consoles and then immediately getting <laughs> slimmed out. Um. So that should be interesting, but very hyped for that. Hyped that they have chosen to delay it to make sure it is a good game um, by the time it's all said and done. And uh, they also, alongside the release date announcement, announced that Horizon Zero Dawn has been getting the long-awaited PS5 update of 60 frames per second uh, 4K checkerboard resolution. So I've been wanting to do another playthrough again. So... It's here, baby. It is here. We are here for it. So 
get excited. Gamescom, there's lots more news we did not cover, so go check it out. Um, lots of stuff in, in gaming news this week. Um, I guess maybe we can kind of wrap it up. Uh, Purple Misfit uh, had the idea, the suggestion that we talk about uh, what we're playing currently um, in the discussion. So just kind of do a brief touch on that. I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, <laughs> if you didn't know, still but i just downloaded the i got the director's cut that has the ps5 improvements the ps5 improvements are much more noticeable than i was expecting um mainly from the ps5 DualSense controller the haptics wow so like when you're when your horse is galloping it you actually feel the horse galloping um in the controller that's pretty crazy that was bizarre i was not expecting that and at first it was a little bit much but now i'm kind of liking it um and then the bow the bow action it's the first game i've played with a bow action that has the adaptive trigger yeah it's weird um but i i kind of like it it's uh it it takes some getting used to it's uh, i don't know how to feel about it yet is all i'll say uh, time will tell um and then I'll, I'll, oh, the more ahead. you get used to it the better it's going to be but i do uh, think it will take a little bit of time to get not think it's weird yeah this is the best way to say it i'm used to just pa-pam 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 um so you have to do a little more pa-pam um to do it but the technical term pa-pam but uh so, so that's that's pretty hype um ghost of tsushima i had a lot of Oh, I see I am frozen. I don't know what happened to my face there. Um, <laughs> my phone's trying to tell me that it is time to wrap up <laughs> the podcast, apparently. Um, yeah, Maxwell just sent me a picture of the like iPhone notepad and just all of his angry thoughts about Ghost of Tsushima. So. Yeah, th- there are some gripes that I will be talking about in my Ghost of Tsushima game thoughts, and it, it was a particularly low moment for me. I was getting... <laughs> hella frustrated um with some of the gameplay aspects of the game um so let's keep that in mind but overall still enjoying ghost of tsushima um very excited about it but yeah that's what i'm excited playing. to see once you complete it yeah what your like final thoughts are um, i'm gonna have to let it ruminate because right now i'm on the very salty train um i did you already I, beat it no 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 but okay. I, I, i'm getting close but I'm I'm going to need to let the game ruminate to make sure I get a, a full because it started off in like the nine realm. Right now with the saltiness, it's back down to like an eight realm. And I think the, that's not bad with that, how much salt you have. That's not bad. Yeah, I think the reality is going to be more somewhere in between. I'm going to I'm gonna have to let it settle so I don't have a super salty game thoughts on it. I don't know why this. Let me try unplugging and plugging back in and see if that does anything. You look great. Right mid blink. Perfect time. I know. I don't know what to do. Let me fight. Yeah, what yeah, Doctor Who is asking what happened to me. I don't know, man. I if I do that, is that gonna nope, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> am I okay? I, I I am okay. All right, that, that's just our cue to, to start wrapping up. So Oliver, what are you playing right now? You already know what I'm playing. League of Lagoons. I'm trying to figure out when the next sale is going to be. I was thinking about starting up another single player game, like doing a Bioshock or a Fallout playthrough to see how much they actually suck in comparison to my memory. Um, but I kind of want to just play Ori and Will of the Wisp, but I want to wait till it's not $30. So I might just pick up or run through something else 
in the meantime until it goes on sale. Yeah. If but you, I've been trying to figure out what to play next effectively. That's fair. It, I mean, if there's something else on Game Pass you're interested in, I think Orion the World of Wisp is on there. You could, you could for 10 bucks, pick up a month, blast through Orion the World of the Wisp, and then and play a couple other games, all for the $10 um, price tag. So. Oh, yeah. If I can, I can definitely beat it in a month easy. So maybe I'll just do that. That seems like a good idea. See, I don't think I'll really care to. Again. Yeah, I don't think I'll really care to own it. So, I mean, like, I the reality is, I own Ori in the Blind Forest, and I'm probably never going to play it again. You know, like I, yep. <laughs> just paid the five bucks to get my six hours of gameplay. Yeah, for five bucks, it it, it kind of makes sense to do that, but uh... yeah, but thirty, I don't think it's it just it's not it's not worth it for what I'm going to get out of the game. Other than a phenomenal experience, sobbing, tears. I just think I can get it for less is really what I'm trying to say. I guess it's no knock on the game. <laughs> I was looking at my Hollow Knight hours, though, and I've spent about 100 hours on Hollow Knight. Which Damn. It's actually kind of crazy for like how much I spent on that game versus how many hours I've gotten out of it. <laughs> yeah. So go pick up Hollow Knight if you haven't yet, people. Come on. What are yeah. you doing? I need to start speedrunning again. That's what I should start doing. There you go. And then you can I have that to... recent comparison between Hollow Knight or the World of the Wisps so you know how much better Ori is. Uh, you're not wrong. And that's, that's the truth. But yeah. Shall we, Juicer? We shall. Thank you, Doctor Who, for taking care of the Cybermen who have screwed with my video thank feed. Thank you, Doctor Who. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching. Check links in the YouTube description. Uh, check us out on podcast services. All that good usual stuff. But otherwise, we will catch you guys in the next one. On the flippity-floppity. Flippity-floppity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Josie! Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end of today's absolute juicy news podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you guys learned something new. We are curious to hear what you guys have to say about some of the news. What do you think about the Halo Infinite release date? Do you think it's going to be great? Do you think they're releasing it too soon? What do you think about PS5 delaying some of its games? What do you think about the custom hardware? I know you're going to love that Forza Horizon 5 controller. So let us know what you think in the comments. Check us out on youtube check us out on podcast services all that kind of stuff we got loads of content we're excited to see you guys and we will catch y'all in the next one Joseph.